Hello, and thank you for joining us for our Watershed Sermon Podcast. Watershed is a worshiping community within Harderwijk Ministries. We gather at 9.45 a.m. in the Anchor Building on the Harderwijk campus on the corner of 160th and Lakewood in Holland, Michigan. We invite you to join us in person when you are able. To learn more about our Watershed community and Harderwijk Ministries, please visit harderwijk.com. Well, it is no mistake that um, today's text um, reminds us of what you all are grounded in here at Watershed, and that is being found in Jesus Christ, because really central to today's text is that truth, that we are found in and formed in Christ. And every day, in the various um, places and spaces um, and people who are in our orbit, we seek to follow Jesus. And today's text in Acts chapter 3 starts like this. It starts one day. One day, a snapshot of what following Jesus looks like. But before we get to that text, I think it would be helpful for us um, to look at the life of Peter. Because Peter and John are central to today's story. So the text, which we'll get to in just a moment, starts like this. One day, Peter and John were going to the temple. This is how Acts chapter 3 begins. Now remember with me for a moment the life of Peter. The toggle of longing and loss that defined the life of Peter. First called on the Galilean shoreline with these words, follow me, to the declaration at a place called Caesarea Philippi when Jesus said to Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter confidently says, you are the Christ. And Jesus exclaims, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood did not reveal this, but my Father in heaven. And on this rock, Peter, I'm going to build my church. And Peter's all pumped up and he's excited. And then Jesus starts talking about his pending suffering and death. And Peter stops Jesus mid-sentence and says, Lord, I forbid it. You're not going to die. And Jesus says to him, get behind me, Satan, for you are too focused on earthly things rather than on the things of heaven. Friends, we we feel this toggle, don't we? This toggle of following Jesus on Jesus' terms rather than on our own. Fast forward to the night that Jesus would be betrayed while breaking bread together with his disciples. He tells them that they're all going to fall away and be scattered. And again, Peter, he steps up and he says, Jesus, even if these all, all these guys fall away from you, I am never going to fall away from you. And the Lord says, Peter, before the cock crows, you will deny knowing me three times. And it plays out just that way. Peter denies having anything to do with Jesus three times. 
end of story, right? End of the relationship between Jesus and Peter. Actually, it's not. After the resurrection, we see Peter out fishing, which is a, another story for another day. Like, the Lord died, he rose, and Peter's fishing. He's catching nothing. And the resurrected Jesus calls from the shoreline, children, you're not catching anything, are you? And so then Jesus tells them to cast their nets on the other side, and they catch so many fish that their nets break. And when they get to shore, Jesus has made breakfast over a charcoal fire. And there's this incredible dialogue between Jesus and Peter, and it orbits around this question. Peter, do you love me? Three times this question. Three times, Peter answers, Lord, I love you. And Jesus responds, feed my sheep. Three times, shepherd my sheep. Feed my sheep. And then Jesus says to Peter, follow me. Friends, this no doubt is the call of the church to follow Christ. And I set this context for us today to remind us of Peter's journey. Because I think all of us, in some way or another, can locate ourselves in Peter's story. The call on Peter's life is bookended by two words, follow me. From the first days on the shore of Galilee, follow me, all the way to the charcoal fire with the three questions, do you love me, follow me. And in all that time between, we identify with the ups and downs, the longing and loss, the beginnings and the ends that are all part of what it means to follow Jesus in this world. So... On this day, Luke tells us in Acts chapter 3, Peter is doing just that. He's following Jesus. He's feeding the sheep. He's shepherding the sheep. So listen with me to the word of the Lord from Acts chapter 3. One day. Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And a man lame from birth was being carried in. People would lay him daily at the gate of the temple called the Beautiful Gate so that he could ask for money from those entering the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked them for money. Peter looked intently at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. And Peter said, I have no silver or gold, 
but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. Jumping up and down, he stood and began to walk, and he entered, entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they recognized him as the one who used to sit and ask for money at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. While he clung to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's portico, utterly astonished. When Peter saw it, he addressed the people, you Israelites, why do you stare at us? Why do you wonder at us as though by our own power or piety we made this man walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our ancestors, has glorified and his servant Jesus, whom you handed over and rejected in the presence of Pilate, though he had decided to release him. But you rejected the holy and righteous one and asked to have a murderer given to you. And you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this we are all witnesses. And by faith in his name, his name itself made this man strong whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given him perfect health in the presence of all of you. And now, friends, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. In this way, God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets that his Messiah would suffer. Repent, therefore, and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and so that times of refreshing may come in the presence of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. At the end of Acts chapter 2, the text says, Day by day, the disciples went to the temple they broke bread, they prayed, they broke bread, and they prayed some more. This is the beginning of the church, following Jesus on their Tuesday mornings and their Thursday afternoons. And on this day, this one day, at the appointed hour of prayer, a group of people carry their lame friend to the entrance of the temple. The man is hoping for a few nickels and dimes thrown his way. The text says, a man lame from birth. So imagine this with me. From four years old to 14 to 34, Later in Acts, we'll learn that this man was 40 years old. Each day, carried to the entrance of the temple, hoping for a few generous people going into the temple to pray. Did you notice how much staring is going on in this story? 
the man asks for money from Peter. And the text says, Peter looks intently at him and says, look at us. You know that time when your mom, your dad said, look at me. Or your coach said, look here. I kind of wonder if the beggar knew what was coming. So the man, the text says, the man stares. He, he fixes his attention on Peter and John. And they say, we're not going to give you what you want. Because what you want, we don't have. But what we have, we will give you. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, stand and walk. In the name of Jesus, in Christ, no longer will this man be formed by the cultural script. If anyone is in Christ, she, he is a new creation. The old has passed, behold, the new has come. Beloved of Watershed, you are found in Christ. You are formed in Christ to get up, to get out of here, and to go be Christ to the world. In the name of Jesus, stand and walk. And I love this. I love Luke's detail in this. He says, they take his hand, they lift him up, and immediately his feet and his ankles are made strong jumping for the first time in his life. I'm imagining his hands raised kind of like Rocky Balboa. He's praising God and he's, he's shouting a bunch of hallelujahs. And the crowd sees this commotion. And they say, isn't that Joe? that used to lay by the gate all these years? No, it can't be Joe. Wait a minute, it is. It is him. Remember when I said to you there was a lot of staring in this story? Well, the crowd is now staring at Peter and John, scratching their heads, trying to make sense of what's going on. And Peter takes this softball lob and he steps up to preach. And this is his second sermon. Remember Peter's life. His second sermon. And it starts like this. Why do you stare at us? At, at John and I? As if our power... And our piety made this brother walk. There is no magic going on here. Everything points to Jesus. Peter says, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our ancestors, has glorified his servant Jesus. Everything points to Jesus. This is the call of the church. What is your only comfort in life and death, says one of the, the confessions of our faith, the Heidelberg Catechism. What is our only comfort in life and death? That I am not my own, but I belong to Jesus in life and in death, to my faithful Savior who's 
who's paid for all my sins. And by his Holy Spirit, I am assured eternal life. Do not stare at us. Look to Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. In Christ, we live and move and have our being. We live in a world where a resurrection has happened. And that orients how we show up on our Tuesday mornings and our Thursday afternoons as vessels through whom Christ is glorified. So as, he, as Peter preaches to the crowd and, and says, hey, there's no magic show going on here. It's all about Jesus. It's almost as if he, he follows the framework of, of Heidelberg question and answer number two, which asks this question, what must I know, what must I, I know in my gut to live and die in the joy of, the, of that comfort? Remember question and answer one, what is my only comfort in life and in death? That I am not my own, but I belong to Jesus. This is the narrative that the world needs to hear. Jesus, we just sang about it. So question answer number two says, what must I know? Well, three things. First, how great my sin is. Second, how I am set free from all that sin. And third, how I am to thank God for that freedom. So listen with me. Peter says to the crowd, you all rejected Jesus. You rejected the author of life, God's servant. You, you killed him. You murdered him. Friends, you're guilty. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Do you remember way back to the beginning in Genesis chapter 3, they ate the fruit that they thought would break their hearts. And actually what it says is, on the day you eat that fruit, you will die. You're guilty. But God, but God, look at it later today in Acts chapter 3. But God, while it was still dark, God raised Jesus from the dead. But God who is rich in mercy, though you were dead in your sins, made you alive in Christ out of the love with which he loves you. But God raised Jesus from the dead, and to this we're witnesses, says Peter. And by faith in Jesus' name, this man whom you see and know is healed. And the faith that is through Jesus, catch this, has given him true health. Not just sturdy knees and strong ankles. But this man has been saved to live the abundant and full life in Christ. To go and serve the Lord. Grace. All grace. Unmerited, undeserved grace. Guilt, grace, now here comes the gratitude. Peter says, 
Repent, therefore, which actually means physically turn around from the way you're walking and take a first step on a new path. Repent, therefore, and turn to God so that times of refreshing may come. In Christ, there is freedom. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. God, who did not withhold his only son, but gave him up for all of us, will he not give us with him everything else? In Christ and through Christ, we are found, we are formed, and it is on us to get up, to get out of here, and to go be the gospel because you may be the Bible that somebody has never read. So I I'm not sure where you're at on your faith journey. Um, you, you may have you may have got drug here today with the promise of brunch afterwards. There, there may be an ache in your heart so deep, a pain so crushing. But God, listen to, to Frederick Buechner. As far as I know, there is only one good reason for believing that he, Jesus, was who he said he was. One of the crooks he was strung up with put it this way, if you are the Christ, save yourself and us. Save us from whatever we need most to be saved from. Save us from each other. Save us from ourselves. Save us from death both beyond the grave and before. If he is, he can. If he isn't, he can't. It may be that the only way in the world to find out is to give him the chance, whatever that involves. It may be just as simple and just as complicated as that. Friends, the truth is, that when God looks upon you, God rejoices at what God has made. All because of Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, thank you. Thank you and praise you for your word both your written word and your incarnate word, Jesus. And thank you for the truth this day that in Christ we live and move and have our being. That in Christ all things are being made new. Thank you for the truth this day that, that we live in a world where a resurrection has happened. And so I pray for this body at Watershed Ministries, 
God, that this body would get up, would get out of here and go be the arms and legs and eyes and ears of you in this world. Lord, that you would use watershed to be a light on a light stand, a city on a hill, so that a generation yet unborn would come to know Jesus as Savior. Lord, we love you. We, we love you and we thank you for all that we have in you. In the name of Jesus and for his glory alone we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. To learn how to get involved in our watershed community or how to support Harderwijk Ministries, please visit us at harderwijk.com.